0: Hi, everyone. I'm Anita Lustria, and for many years I did live radio. Then I transitioned to the podcast world where I feel I found my home. I love talking about spiritual formation, justice issues, and spiritual practices. Throw in the Enneagram, movies, and current events from time to time, and that's what you get on the podcast. I'm glad you've come along for the ride. Welcome to Faith Conversations. Welcome to Faith Conversations, everyone. I'm Anita Lustria, and across the table, well, a big table, all the way from Sarasota, Florida to Southern California, (laughs) is dear friend Melinda Schmidt back with me. Hi. I'm so glad to have you again as we've been having these conversations over the course of the summer about, um, about transitions and shifts and all kinds of things. And it's been interesting, informative, um, helpful, encouraging, I guess, all of those things to hear from a number of you um, about how these conversations have connected with you. And I thought I would read uh, an email from Lisa, who messaged us after this, uh, the most recent podcast, she says this conversation has been really good. I have some shifting occurring in my life right now, and it's been very unsettling. I think Mm -hmm. this is partly due to the fact that shifting for me has not been linear. So I don't know what end result I'm supposed to be looking for. I do feel myself mentally grasping for something to steady me. As I can say, I feel dysregulated. It has made me turn more to Jesus and I have found I need quiet time every day just to sit and listen. So sort of less doing and more being. Thanks so much for the good dialogue.
1: Mm. Oh, her words in there, um, um, unsettling, mm-hmm. dysregulation. Thank you. Not linear. <laughs> yes, exactly. I just came across a painting recently on, of all things, the TJ Maxx website. But um, it's called a framed mountain river wall art, and it's this picture of a river um, that is not linear. Yes. And it's got this cutout next to it where, like, oh, okay, you can sit there and have rest on your journey. But I, it just really spoke to me, just like our friend. And it's kind of a desert around that. There's green in the background, but you have to get over a little hill to get there. Mm. And I thought it was so evocative of this journey that you know many of us find ourselves on, which finally we're realizing is not linear. And oh, man, I adore linear. I just love linear. Um, in fact, when I've been in counseling or spiritual director, um, the person will say, yeah, it's not linear, Melinda. You like linear, but it's not linear. So I, I'm right with you. And I just, anyway, I thought that painting was really r- oh, great.
0: Absolutely. They're what a wonderful image. Around. Totally. Yeah. That You yeah. know, I think we need uh, imagery and visuals can be so helpful on this journey. So, yes. I, yes. you know, we always encourage people to get out in nature, the things that you see that will sometimes underline something that you have read about or have been thinking about. Uh I remember many years ago when Larry Crabb introduced me to um nonlinear thinking. And I remember thinking, wow, no one else, um, none of his peers had been introducing me to that. And it was a a new thought. And I so appreciated that. And I I was reading, I know we'll talk more uh about this because we're we're going to talk about Sumant Kid, but earlier in her book, when the heart waits, I underlined something that I thought went right along with Lisa's comments. Um, Whenever you undo a false pattern of believing, um, and this isn't what Sue Monk Kidd says right here, but I'm thinking whenever you undo a false pattern of believing it's unsettling, you're dysregulated. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the quote goes on to say, God seems to come with fresh insights and images that Mm -hmm. unleash new energy and enable you to move ahead. And so we're not left in a blank space, not knowing what to do, but sometimes we have to kind of wait though and be patient when those things happen, that the answer doesn't always rush right in.
1: Which is more a part of linear thinking? Yeah, this happens. A happens. B should follow it. You know, and um, I, I think so many of us were taught that in our faith traditions. Do A and B, and you get C. Well, the I main think goal is to keep marching forward, marching totally. to Zion or whatever. I think keep a parenting. March,
0: march. march. My, my big, my big example is always parenting and, um, focus on the family. Now, of course there were some good things there. I'm not, you know, throwing the baby out with the bathwater, but it very much was, you do a, a plus B equals C right. you do yeah. this and your right. kids are going to be fantastic. Turn out right. Never fall away from God. I'm sorry. That yeah. is absolutely not correct.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause there is no oh, linear.
1: We've thing. talked about this in my conversation group, just the old focus on the family language. And well, no one will ever take Adventures in Odyssey away from me. <laughs> I love <those. laughs>
0: Okay, I'll give you that.
1: Mr. What's-His-Name, whatever, you know, the whole yeah. cast. They were great. But, um, you know, there's just some rethinking about what we were being called to and fed as truth. And um, I think I fell off the wagon at, when they did their um, Make a Memory at dinner. And so while you're sitting there after you've made the meal, now you have to create memories together. And I was just like, I I can't do anymore. But I, you know, I get it. We, we look for a guide.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: And we get to places in life where there's no guide. Mm. In fact, sometimes even God. Our faith guide seems to be absent. And, you know, that's what we want to talk about today. And we're looking at Sue Monk Kid's book. You mentioned it, Anita, When the Heart Waits. And I know you'll link to it today. Um, she talks about the transitions and really the necessary adaptations. They're necessary. And these yeah. shifts uh, to these surprises of life come along. And some are a part of life. Some come from inside us. Some come from outside of us. We'll talk more about those three categories, but she talks about the journey of waiting without answers. And as people of faith, really trusting God for nourishment, as she calls it for the journey, uh, nourishment that we all of a sudden find we can't
0: produce for ourselves anymore. That's interesting, isn't it? And
1: it used to be that we um, kept busy or we threw everything into our job or our home marriage and kids Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden there that's not there or it's not nourishing you know anymore and it's just a regular part of life and we've made it huge and it's not we don't have a good roi on that um so there are new ways of relating that that challenge us relating to ourselves to others to god it may feel like confusion may feel like a crisis, uh, may be completely unwanted. So how do we shift our thinking and move toward clarity, if it's at all possible, or just even sustaining ourselves through this bend in the river?
0: And I think um in the spiritual direction realm, it's always about the invitation from God. I, I'm, I always think that direction. And often the, the crisis moment comes and we're um, shocked, surprised, saddened, angered, or, you know, fill in the emotional blank, but we're not thinking that a crisis could actually be an invitation. Mm-hmm. And I was reading yeah. um, earlier in Sue Kid's Kidd's book, and she says a crisis is a holy summons to cross a threshold. It involves both a leaving behind and a stepping toward a separation and an opportunity. Mm-hmm. But a crisis, yes, is still a crisis, but within it, even in the difficult, even in the shocking and um, even sometimes even catastrophic, right, there is within it an invitation from God in all of life, in every circumstance that we encounter, there is always an invitation from God for us.
1: I'll say for myself, though, Anita, that I have had to put way down the river. Yeah, because there's so much to traverse before I think yeah. some of us get there. I you that's true. And what what has happened here? You know, yeah what is this transition? I never saw this coming, whether it's physical, relational, spiritual, you know, maybe our thinking is changing, especially in the last few years politically yes. and with the pandemic and everything else. It's just never ending. Yes. you know, exploding. Yes. I mean, yeah, or whatever. It's just craziness. So for me, I've, I've kind of found after the fact or after a while traversing this particular river that there needs to be some space. Agree. Kind of fine. Like, how do I paddle? How do I swim? Yes. How do I nourish myself? So she, Sumant Kid talks about three different transitions. And the first one is developmental transition. And this is the kind of thing that comes as she explains it as um, just moving through life. And, you know, I think it's easy to say, oh, well, I'm here or there, whatever stage you're at, we think it's unique, but it actually is a part of the river, except maybe nobody ever told us that. And we are Americans and for many of us Christians. And so there's always been this carrot out there that if, again, if you do A plus B, you get C. So there's been this promise that we can kind of avoid things and those branches and rocks in the river won't uh, interfere with our canoe, so to
0: speak. Well, and I would even say, uh, so, I, I appreciate that. I would even say that as Christians, we have maybe not overtly been taught, but it has seeped its way into our belief system that if I say yes to Jesus, life will be rosy. I will not have these crises. Right, right. right, right. And so, I think it, it really goes hand in hand with our, you know, the American life slash yeah. and the Christian life. We have some uh thinking that's not quite right there.
1: Yeah. And I agree with you. Um yeah, that that's another transition, isn't it? It's just mm-hmm. this, this unlearning and mm-hmm. relearning.
0: Very good. Yes.
1: Unlearning and relearning. And I thought a quote from this little section of chapter four is where we are in the book, yeah. is where she said, We have um we have a tug. Um we have a tug toward growth, okay? But on the other side, we feel a pull to stagnate and become static and stuck, bogged down in a life full of obligation and devoid of self-fulfillment. I mean, if we if we don't get out of the river and just say, you know, I've decided I don't want to go down the river anymore and I'm going to camp here and find my tribe and be happy, that's certainly an invitation, that's, mm-hmm. And many of us have taken that throughout mm-hmm. our lives, as we've talked about before. So there's this kind of tug between growth, but there's this pull towards safety and calm and really great birthday parties and decorations yes. and, you know, going out with our coworkers and, you know, just kind of all, everything else but growth. So probably if you're here today, you're someone who's toyed with the invitation toward growth, but it can be confusing and that's normal. It's really normal to doubt, to wonder if you're doing the right thing, to count the cost, to reject it sometimes, to get back in the water again. Then, well, out.
0: Or take a breather. I'll sometimes say, Hey man, I got to get in the water and take a breather. Yeah. And that's before- <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's um, what I
1: loved about this painting. I saw it. it just had this little carve out. It's sort of modern. So it's in blocks of images, not, you know, true to life, but yeah, there has to be a space to get out of the water. That's so good. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Another transition or event that Sue describes is um when intrusive events, that's what she calls them, mm-hmm. intrusive events. Okay. <laughs> What's the name of your intrusive event? It <laughs> could be a person, could be something, you know, that, that's happened in life. But, you know, often it can be that physical thing or, you know, we lose a home, you know, or, um, you know, our kid kind of crashes into our world and confesses something or oh, yeah. that's surprising. I think know. a
0: lot of the intrusive events for us, um, especially in later stages, but honestly, any s- stage have loss as the underlying part oh, of that, so right. Good. So good. That's the loss. Absolutely. Loss of yes. important people in our lives, loss of a job, loss of health, lo- you know, you start, you can fill in the yeah. blank with whatever your loss yeah. is. Yes. Um,
1: yeah. And I know Michelle Van Loon's that. been on here before yeah. with us, and she talks a lot about, you know, church abuse, Ugh. which has been so much a part of her and Bill's story. Yes. Um, you know, just these crazy things happening. So yeah. Loss disappointment kind of like what we would never have seen this coming. Um, today I was reading a caring bridge entry from a friend of ours who was diagnosed last year with myasthenia gravis and he had a crash in August of 22 and almost died. And he, he did an update today and he talked about having to reset his life. Wow. That was such good verbiage. I mean, maybe that's another good phrase to apply here where we find we're having to reset our life and, you know, we can't get here's one thing I really believe. And I'm really holding on to these days. It's not weird that you're having it now. You had this when you were trying out for cheerleading, you had this in junior high, we all have those moments that um, are continually, you know, we're continually resetting. Mm -hmm. I didn't make the team. I didn't get into that college. Oh, My boyfriend or girlfriend, another breakup. You have to be kidding me. I've spent three years with this person. Thought we were going to get married. You know, children. Oh, my child was born with this or that. You know, I didn't see that coming.
0: 10 miscarriages, no children, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All that.
1: Exactly. So I think we just have this wonderful ability to charge through life Mm. and maybe even go into denial and put some things aside so that we can go create our life. But then there comes a point in life where we're kind of facing into things and maybe it's put upon us. It's an actual intrusive event that we didn't see coming, but everybody has them. And so we aren't alone in this crisis. And I don't know that if that makes us feel better, but it's helped me to have more perspective and to even look at my life and say, oh, how did I handle that or handle that or handle that? Who was God to me in those moments? Yes. And who is God to me now?
0: And even I think that we look for mentors. I, I don't even know if it's conscious, but when we're in the middle yeah. of something and we run into someone and have a random conversation in the grocery store or in the doctor's office, what, wherever, like, oh, you're struggling or or some friend sends an article and it happens to be about the exact yeah. thing that we're s- struggling with. and And it's, okay, I am not the only one. I'm going to follow this person and their journey on Instagram or wherever, whatever we, we find these mentors in different places that are uh, maybe a step or two ahead of us on the journey, no matter what that particular journey is. So good. So
1: good. And actually Sue monk kids book, may be one of those partners as well. I I I have a friend who just was going to purchase that for her own, Mm -hmm. for her own journey. Um, And also in this, Anita, we find mentors, but then we also realize some of our friends, they just don't track with us anymore. Yes. That's so sad. Mm-hmm. And so there's a grief to that. She also tells a little story in here, just in a nutshell of a friend that got ter- you know, a terrible cancer diagnosis. And one day Sue went to see her and her demeanor was completely different. And she said, my friend told me, well, here's what's different. I looked death in the eyes and I said, I want to live. But if I die, I die and it will be well. Mm. And Sue Monk kid says, I can't explain it, but there was just something completely different. And she said that to Sue, it's just, you know, I knew my experience with cancer was going to be the most transforming journey of my life. Whatever happens, I'm going to be okay. Wow. But again, that comes as we're in the river. Yes. Just like this friend of hers took a long time to get there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, to your point i really love that you pushed back on me talking about the invitation that you know what that's a, a ways down the road mm. <laughs> sometimes and and i guess some of what we're talking about too is and that sumont kid alludes to as well but is that moment it, it, those moments where you um just uh, where you might be paralyzed a little bit but also where to to say that it's okay to remain in that spot of unknowing for a time. Mm, to, yeah. Um yeah. I, you know, no no self compassion mm-hmm. is an important piece of this of the story. Um n- many of us, you said this earlier, I think Melinda, many of us grew up where the expectation was to soldier on. Yeah. Right. And, you know, but to, to recognize that no, there is another way, a different way to do it. And we can well, choose that of, for ourselves.
1: Yeah. Kind of, you know, um, lift high the cross, right? And follow it as with the cr- other crusaders Wow, into the battle or as history points out over to Israel as the crusaders did mm. and take it on and let's all go together and whatever it t- takes to uh-huh. get there. and. Yeah. You know, I think science is telling us that's not the way to go. It's not good for our health or physically, mentally, emotionally. And it's, it's not a place of contemplation. It's not the green pastures that the shepherd leads us to where we can pause and think by the, by the river.
0: And I think some wise voices are out there today in all spheres, whether it happens to be in your particular Christian stream or, uh, or not so many wise voices are elevating uh, how important it is for us to pay attention to our bodies, to um, understand trauma that may have been present earlier in one's right. life, to, right. you know, m- the mental health piece of things. I mean, there's just so much more awareness right now, societally. Yes. Whether it has faith attached to it or not. And yes, absolutely. I would agree with that. Thank goodness. Yes.
1: Yeah, thank goodness. Um, so we're in chapter four of Sumon Kids when the heart waits and we talked about de- developmental transitions and intrusive events. And her last one is internal uprisings. <laughs> I thought this was so interesting because her example was about a faith shift for a pastor's wife. And I thought that was so fascinating where this pastor's wife came to her And she was just like, um, I, I'm a minister's wife. I need to speak with you. I've been fighting a terrible realization. I can't believe in the God I was brought up with anymore. That God has vanished. I keep trying to go back to the way it was before. Oh yeah. (laughs) But I only end up pretending. I feel smothered by the lie that I'm living. I'm terrified of what will happen if I face these doubts inside and just see the words she, she says, terrible, you know, terrified, terrible, smothered, pretending, uh, God has vanished. Um, you know, Sumant Kid says she really was standing on the rim of a crisis yeah. that believers may actually need in order to keep growing. Um,
0: I immediately went to stages of faith. Yeah you know i mean that's where that took me is we you know we come to these crises along the way and it's the it is that moment that we need that keeps us moving forward and it can be scary if for someone it might be yes. for me for me early on it was my view of god shattered and was remade <laughs> Like, wait a minute. I thought it was the shattering of my faith. It was not. It was the expanding of my faith. But in the moment of crisis, we don't see it that way. I didn't see it that way. Right. And it took some time to see it. Go ahead. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Thinking about the river, she said, I want to go back to the way it was. So don't all of us think of our river like you know, way back then we were all in inner tubes and eating ice cream cones. And it was the lazy river ride at Disney World in Orlando, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, but, so but I, it's I, not that way anymore. No, but pl- I, I always also go, some of us way back when, for some of us, it wasn't, <laughs> you know, it wasn't the floating down the river in the inner tube. It was
1: but we thought it was maybe. Maybe we're part of a Christian group. We had potluck suppers together. We were in a music group that traveled and we were with other friends and we all spoke the same language and we were all on the same page. And that's the ice cream cone, right? Yeah,
0: that's right. That's absolutely right. But,
1: you know, um, can't go back and afraid to go forward because what we see ahead of us are rapids.
0: Oh, it's uh, unknown. 100% unknown. And
1: it's like, how the heck do I do rapids? What do you mean rapids? I signed up for the lazy river ride. And now this is something else. And it sounds like that's where, where she was as well. But what I loved in this little section is when Sue talks about the disciples and that when Jesus was crucified, the life that they had known with him was taken away Yeah, And when I read that, it was like, hello, imagine you're with the son of God (laughs) who then is naked. Let's call it the way it is hanging out on a cross, blood and guts. And this is not what we had known. And a week before that he's on a donkey and going to save us all and, you know, come into Jerusalem and banish the Romans. But Sue writes the disciples, may have felt numb and betrayed it was as if the God they had invested everything in had vanished and they couldn't believe the way they did before but then she says now the disciples had to go deeper and find a faith that allowed them to live not only with the presence of Christ but with his seeming absence then he is resurrected and goes to heaven and is gone but still maintaining a relationship with that presence. Talk about trauma.
0: <laughs> wow. Can, can I say I also love how she interweaves the Wizard of Oz story yes, here? Yes, yes. Because immediately I just think of the power of classic literature, of which the Wizard of Oz is, written by Frank Baum. We We maybe don't Think that there are multiple books. There are se- whole series of books, not just the movie that you know. It's right. yeah, and actually,
1: the story itself is different than the movie.
0: It, it, it right. It is, but but it, it's. Um, I I just think there are other ways to help support our journey, not just the typical ways that we've been taught. And I I do think about classic literature and beautiful metaphors that are there. I'll interject nature again, um, cultivating silence, you know, diving into some spiritual practices where maybe the only practice that we knew for most of our lives was reading the Bible. Singular practice. There are many, many more.
1: Go to church.
0: Right. Those, those couple of go to
1: a Protestant church. Right. Yeah. And an evangelical church.
0: Thank you. Right.
1: And a denominational church.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: Um, Well, yeah, you're talking about imagery again. And remember, I'm bringing up a painting that's on the TJ Maxx website.
0: Thank you. Mm -hmm.
1: So I'm so grateful that you keep bringing this up, uh, Anita, to expand our view of what can help us on our river ride a river journey. It's not just in some of the more narrow ways that we've thought of in the past that got, you know, this is my father's world, we sing.
0: This is it. I didn't Definitely. mention this, but uh, yeah, the whole thing. But I'm um, art has been that for me, curiosity in how to create differently, not just typically. Watching others do it and learning from them. I mean, it's all part of that. Uh, yes, I, I. You know, I'm just trying to interject all kinds of ways, that, directions that people might go because sometimes we need other people to elevate those first for us before we start getting curious enough and finding these directions to go ourselves.
1: Right, right, right. Um, There's a great line in this section, I thought, too, on internal uprisings. Um, She talks about the disciples of Christ again and said that they had to enter the darkness of their own doubts Mm. and come through to a faith that was true to where they were now. Where are they now? And I think all of us, when we, whether it's an internal uprising or an intrusive um, event or developmental transition, as Sue writes about, um, you know, we're trying to find out how life works for us now. Yes,
0: absolutely.
1: And and that's what we're doing at every transition in our life, from being a young child through adolescence, early adult, middle age, and older age. How does life work for me now? And I think many of us are having, again, to say, okay, we're not crazy. This is real. This is real. And the deeper we go, the more real we will get in touch with, Yes, you know, along the way. And, you know, Sue talks about these moments as transformation and the value, as you quoted earlier from her book, of seeing crisis as opportunity. And then she talks about letting go and the value of stillness and kind of incubating in this cocoon. You can pick up the book and read it for yourself. It's when the heart waits by Sue Monk Kidd. But um, I hope, I don't know, this whole summer as we've been talking, I, I know we talk ahead of time and I just say to you, Anita, I just want people to know they're not crazy. Yes, <laughs> right. You're not crazy. That's if right. when, You know, you're not, and you're yeah. part of a group of people that are also, coming to life on the river Mm -hmm. and are wondering how to, um, navigate it, how to swim it, how to be in it. And, you know, we just want to be an encouragement to you. And I think Anita, you've just brought so many things to light. We should talk again this summer about what's out there, imagery and everything else for the journey. Or this fall,
0: as the case may be.
1: (laughs) I guess it's here. Now that I'm in California. It's it's always summer. (laughs) I know. You probably have that in Florida. It's like, it's Labor Day. It's Halloween. No, it's like (laughs) spring.
0: (laughs) I know. Isn't that funny? Well, I I think maybe the the place that I'll um, end with, or the thing that I'll end with, is that in the middle of these times that Melinda has just described, Um, it is, you probably feel like you need it and it is helpful to have traveling companions because we can feel alone. And so I'm so glad you mentioned when the heart waits, the book, sometimes those traveling companions are writers, authors, Mm -hmm. good books. Um, and sometimes we keep our eyes and ears open and we find someone else along the way. Sometimes it's listening to podcasts.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We have to trust that we are in the right place at the right time. And also that God is um is there feeding us as well. He is providing nourishment. It may not be the way we want it. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to hear directly from from God. Um, but it may come through someone else or something that's provided. And we need to get used to being fed in a different way.
0: Yeah, that's great great way to put it well another interesting conversation about those shifts and transitions and i'm just really um delighted that you've joined me for all of these it's been great good conversation
1: i'm I'm enjoying it. it myself and just enjoy feeling a part of a group doing this together amen
0: well to the rest of you as always keep the conversation going